Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Welcome to episode 172. Today, we're going to talk about your money problems. My money problems? Yeah, Ryan. (laughs) Are you saying I shouldn't have invested in all that Bitcoin? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Ryan invested in Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a typo. <laughs> we, uh, because we're talking about money problems, uh, as you know, we don't do interviews here on the Minimalist Podcast, but occasionally we invite our friends onto the show to help <laughs> us answer your questions. And today we're here with uh, Rachel Cruz. You've actually heard her on our show before. What are you? Uh, what are you doing in town? You, you're uh, you're just doing the circuit, talking about money. All the above here for the for the podcast, you guys. <laughs> no, seriously, thanks for having me back on. I like I love you guys. I feel like um, I, I quote you guys like likewise. all the time. Seriously, <laughs> um, but yeah, here in LA, just doing some media, a couple shows, and got to hang out with you guys. We, we did we did your uh, YouTube show yes. last summer, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. The Rachel Cruz Show, and now the Rachel Cruz Show is also a podcast, That's right? As well, and you guys were on the podcast. We yeah. took that audio from the show and put it on the podcast so yes, they get great. to hear that as well yes indeed and we're going to do a conversation with you for the podcast as well so you right. all can check that out wherever you listen to your podcast i say we go ahead and dive into these questions about money problems yeah all right our first question today is from lauren in wichita i am paying off my student loans and a vehicle loan but i'm having trouble inspiring my boyfriend to be on the same page for budgeting We live together while having separate bank accounts, but since he has no loans, just a house payment, he says he does not need a budget. One shared expense that creates an issue for me is groceries. Since I do most of the meal planning, I end up paying more out of my own food budget each month on what I think should be a 50-50 budget. Josh and Ryan, how do you approach this with your partners? And Rachel, what advice do you have for me to navigate living like no one else when right now that includes my partner? All right. So... Uh, I think it's pretty clear, Rachel. Uh, do they need a budget? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I second that. <laughs> and I always, I take a little bit of a different approach when it comes to relationships and money because I I do believe that once you're married is when you combine the finances. It's mm. kind of my stance. And so for you guys living together, I would still recommend separate budgets at this point uh-huh. and to figure out, okay, so what what is it? Who Who is responsible for who? And is it fair for it to be 50-50? Yeah, probably. So mm-hmm. if X amount's going out for food, then what's he going to be paying? And mm-hmm. so looking at that and saying, how are we going to be able to live like this, you know, and still be intentional? Because that's the key. Overall, you want to create these good money habits, no matter who you are in life. And one of those is being intentional with your money. It's really hard to win financially when you're not in control and your money's controlling you. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Lauren here is, is living with her boyfriend and Right now, it sounds to me like what you're saying is the budget needs to be treated sort of like a roommate situation. If you were living with one of your girlfriends and you just happen to be living together, you would share the expenses accordingly, Correct. right? Exactly. And, and it looks to me like right now what they need to do is, is they still have to budget. Even if he doesn't want to sit down and do his own individual budget, he's still responsible for his 
portion, just that's like right. your roommate would be responsible. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to suggest is if she can go to her partner and say, hey, I know that you don't want to do a budget. It is kind of a pain in the butt to do a budget, um, but I will help you with her. I will do that budget for you. I mean, I'm sure that he loves her very much and that he wants to uh, make her happy. And if that's the case, I'm yes. sure that he will support her if she really explains to him how this is important to her. But I'll tell you, what do, what do couples argue about the most, Josh? Sex and money. Sex and money. It is, isn't it? Absolutely. So if you are on, or if you are not on the same page with money in your relationship, I mean that is a perfect recipe for discontent. Exactly. So maybe, uh, maybe he doesn't want the budget. Uh, maybe that's you know too much trouble for him. But uh, sometimes in relationships, we got to give, we got to take, we got to we got to treat that us box equally. Josh and I, we talk a lot about how in every relationship there is an us box. And uh, we have to put in the us box and then sometimes we take from the us box. But if one of the partners are is just taking and the other one is giving again, like that is going to be a perfect recipe for discontent. And it's, it's so a, it becomes a parasitic relationship and you don't even realize it. And that, that happened to me. I wrote about it in, in our book, Everything That Remains. Um, I had a relationship that was going really, really well. And then over time, what happened was it started not going as well. And I didn't understand why at the time. And I think right now, this is where Lauren is. She's starting to experience those pangs of discontent. And what I realized is that us box, I was taking and taking a little bit more. Mm. And I stopped giving as much as I was giving. Now, sometimes you're, you're in a season of your life where you can give more. And I'm not, not just talking about money, but sometimes it's attention, it's time, it's other resources that you have, your energy, your talent, your skill set. There are different resources that you can give. However, if you stop giving what you're able to give and you just keep taking and taking, you don't realize that you're becoming a parasite. This is what yeah. parasites do. And I think what Lauren is realizing right now is like, oh no, this is an uneven relationship. I'm, I'm hopeful though. I think maybe your yeah. boyfriend right now just doesn't realize that it's uneven. Absolutely. And I think it's very normal relationships, like very, very common that opposites are going to attract. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to the money portion, one of you is going to love the idea of a budget, which is Lauren, right? Like she feels in control. She knows what's going on. She's probably the person that's 10 minutes early to every appointment. Like, you know what I mean? It's just those people function like that. And then you're going to have more of the free spirits, which is probably her boyfriend where it's like, ah, not so much, you know, like, and yeah. it's not in his gifting. And what's funny is I'm actually more of the free spirit in my relationship <laughs> with my husband. He's more of like the nerd and like loves to do it. And I'm more of the free spirit. Like everything's going to work out. It's fine. Don't worry. And so I've had to learn to be like, you know what, in order to win and in order to kind of have some maturity and grow up a little bit, right? Like I have to be intentional with my money and do the budget. Yeah. So there is this give and take. Lauren, I would say, I don't think that you're at this case, but I do meet some nerds and they're so dang legalistic. It's like, if not everything's by the book and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they drive me crazy. I'm like, have a little grace, have a little <laughs> grace. But also if you are the free spirit out there, like you have to learn to delay pleasure and make a plan. And there's a part of that that's growing up that you have to be purposeful. And so there's kind of a give and take as well. And but mm. there but it's very normal, very common, Lauren, that you guys are opposites on this. So maybe yeah. it has something to do with the language, right? Maybe he's just afraid sometimes we're afraid of confronting our own problems. Yes. And so that word budget is terrifying for him. Mm. Maybe in order to to get him closer to a budget, we just start talking about, well, what's our plan for our finances, right? Yeah. And, and and adjusting the language a little bit so that it doesn't freak him out it eases him into at least starting to think about money and your life together as your lives continue to converge you know you you have to 
have a plan. You have to have shared values. Yeah. You have to have similar beliefs if you want to be able to continue to, to move down the same path together because otherwise you're going to be going down two different paths. You're going down two different paths to possibly two different destinations otherwise. Yeah, I, I think too. Uh, I know when Mariah and I, when we first did our budget, Mariah put together this like nice spreadsheet that I, I mean, it was very, very organized, very, very good, but I wouldn't even touch. You like broke out in hives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would, I would just, you know, ba- I basically, you know, gave her all my uh, account information. And I'm like, you please like track all of this spending. I don't want to, that's a beautiful uh, spreadsheet, but I just don't want to touch that spreadsheet. Um, but then I finally downloaded the every dollar app and like that actually makes it, um, I don't want to say fun, but there is something gratify, uh, some, some gratification, like when I'm going through my uh, expenses and entering these line items and just keeping track of it. It's like this, um, I don't know. It just, it makes it again. I don't want to say more fun. It makes it more tolerable. And maybe that's where Lauren's partner is at. He's can't even tolerate it right now, but yes, using different language, using a tool that makes it a little bit easier to keep track of the budget. Like this is what is going to help him tolerate it a little bit more. Ultimately, you're talking about removing some of the friction and right now there's too much friction. I think some friction is good. It creates traction to get you where you're going, but right now there's a little bit too much and and using an app that makes it a bit easier than just writing things down on a spreadsheet making it less intimidating for him is really the direction that you want to go in develop a plan together so that you can move forward all right before we move on to our lightning round this week we have five more voicemail questions we're going to answer on our maximal episode on patreon in the meantime we'd love to hear what you have to say so if you have a comment or a tip about money problems tell us about your money problems leave us a voicemail 406-219-7839 or email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com we'll air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode and stay tuned to the end of this episode for this week's listener comments and tips and here is a pro tip for you write down your question before calling ryan what time is it you know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed we do. So, <laughs> Rachel, uh, we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at The Minimalist, and you are at Rachel Cruz, I think, on all of the above. That's right. All right. Yeah, you so right. you can follow Rachel over there. During the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I each do our best to answer. Every question was just a, a short, shareable less than 140 character response. Uh, We put the text to these minimal maxims in our show notes, or at least podcast Sean does, so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. Now, don't worry, Rachel. What we really do is we maunder on a bit and we just ramble. And I was like, I have to be concise. Soundbite, soundbite. I can do it. What what happens is we just talk a lot and then we come up with something pithy and Sean puts it in the show notes. So uh, our first question is from Jeremy. You want to read that one, Ryan? Yeah, Jeremy, he, he asked us, should a divorced dad save for all their child's college or only half even though the ex-wife isn't financially savvy mm, so so i may, this makes me think rachel about like uh are, do you want to send your kid to half a college <laughs> I know. Uh, or just one of them <laughs> <laughs> just send one of the kids uh, to college <laughs> just like the first two years like, yeah, like right. um yeah because i did that I, I don't have a college degree personally but i ended up with college debt which is like the the worst scenario right <laughs> totally, totally. um so what what kind of advice would you give to jeremy here he's a dad they're they're divorced should he just save for half what what, what do you what do you tend to recommend sure. well i would tell jeremy first and foremost he has to take care of his future so we always recommend getting out of debt getting an emergency fund and funding retirement first because mm. those things are going to set you up well 
your child may or may not go to college. You don't know. But retirement is going to happen. So focusing on those steps first. And then when you get to the point that you have some money left over and you're like, okay, I can start investing. So yeah, I would say open up a 529, an ESA, start putting some money in. And if there's not enough money there when little junior, little Johnny goes off to college, then little Johnny's got to get to work. He's yeah. got to apply for scholarships and grants. You know, it's going to be part of his responsibility as well. But if you're able to do this sooner, you know, when the child is younger, then those funds will grow, mathematically speaking, and hopefully there'll be some money in there for college. But I would say, don't break your back. I think a lot of parents put this weight on themselves to pay for their kids' college. Well, if they can, it's a huge blessing. I mean, what a gift. Like, yeah. that's amazing. But you are not a bad parent if you don't. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that advice of, you know, putting your financial security first and it's not like you're being stingy with your money but it's about planning ahead and making sure that you do have the expenses you know are going to happen that you have those right. covered i mean I, I don't know about you man but if i had kids with a partner who i wasn't married to mm -hmm. and if i say for half of the uh college mm -hmm. like i would be um I, you know, I just wouldn't take that risk because <laughs> when the kids turn 18, it's like it, whether it doesn't sound like, you know, she's going to make the best decision. So uh, whether you've got half a college fund or not, if the other person doesn't do their part, then it's going to be a disaster. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I think that having half the money is better than having none of the money. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think what Rachel said is basically take care of yourself first, you know, s secure your own oxygen mask before helping others. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like if you're broke, but you're still trying to put some money into a college fund for your kid, yeah. that isn't going to be helpful. But if you're taking care of, you're out of debt, you're saving for retirement, you've paid off your house or you're working toward paying off your house, then yet, yes, you want to, if, if you want to, put some money aside for your kid, great. If it's not enough to fund their full college experience, yeah. that's great. My, my pithy answer to this is don't pursue the goal, pursue the why behind the goal. Because why are you why are you saving this money? Well, mm -hmm. it's because you hope your kid has a better future. You don't care about the, the piece of paper that says, look, I graduated from <laughs> Miami University or whatever. It, what, what, you're, what you're excited about, what you're looking forward to is I want the most opportunities for my child. Yeah. And maybe they aren't going to go to college at all or if they do then maybe they're going to have to pay for some of it and you can help out a little bit with that you know what man that's a good perspective because you're right like if he does save half of it and let's say they get to a point where both of them do want to go to college yeah it's it's much better to be in half as much debt than the full ride for sure i mean here, here's my pithy answer more money planning less money problems i mean that's really that's that's really what it comes down to i mean we Love all it. we we all uh uh you know we all have some kind of money problems to to an extent the more we plan the more we take care of our ourselves and and the more that we we stick to that plan i mean that's kind of the key part of it too right yes indeed the less the less problems we're going to have when it comes to money as we get older yes indeed all right the next question is from shy how do you stay motivated while paying off debt so, so Rachel, I mean, that's often a thing. People hit these, they, they get really excited in the yes. moment, right? Yep. They, they go to one of your smart money events or uh, they read your book. You, you have a, a great book with respect to kids, uh, Smart Money, Smart Kids. Yep. And they get really excited and they want to take a million bits of action this day or this week or even this month but then of course excitement only lasts so long when you hit that first roadblock you hit the drudgery you you get your next paycheck and you're like but i want to i want to splurge a little bit yeah. how do i how do i stay motivated what, what would you tell shy that she's trying to pay off debt how does she stay 
motivated. Yeah, I would say a couple of things. You have to realize that your money journey, especially getting out of debt, it's a marathon. It's on a sprint. Yeah. And so it is going to take time. And in our world today, and you guys know this, but it's like we want things immediately. Like instant gratification is just rampant. Like yeah. we can have anything we want right when we want it, thanks to credit cards or even information on our iPhone. Like, mm -hmm. So we're not used to functioning with this long-term game plan. And so there's going to be patience. And it's going to be a character quality and a character building moment for you to realize that I have to stay diligent. I have to continue down the path because what what is what have I gotten so far, right? So like if you're halfway through getting out of debt, you can look back and say, this is what I've done. Yeah. And yes, I still have half, half more to go, but it's in the grand scheme of things though, it's such short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. It takes on people on our plan an average of 18 to 24 months to get completely debt-free but their house. And so two years in a life is like, that right i mean like yeah. and so and it's not that you can't have all these fun things later because that's fine but like right now this is what you're sticking to and also know your why why are you choosing to go down this journey yeah. why did you start it was it because you were stressed out and you were freaked out you were losing sleep at night you had no security you want your kids to have a better life than you did you want to get to retirement and actually be able to retire like like what was your why and focusing on that because it's that bigger picture that's important yeah it sounds to me like what you're saying is you have to pan out from the immediate problem in order to see the solution what, what you're saying is yeah in the moment you really want to like spend this money or you don't feel motivated so you're going to waste your money or whatever if you pan out just a little bit you realize like, oh, this isn't nearly as big of a problem yes. as I thought. And I know I can tackle it. And I'd say yeah. have these moments of, okay, once we've paid off, you know, an X amount of debt, maybe you do go out to a nice dinner, right? Like have these yeah. check marks. Don't let that be a part of your whole, you know, your entire lifestyle, because obviously it'd be harder to get out of debt if you haven't sacrificed your lifestyle. But maybe you do have these pinpoints throughout the way of like, okay, once we hit this, we will go celebrate a little bit, right? Yeah. So like, so you can kind of plan it out as well. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, uh, and this isn't really part of my pithy answer, but I was gonna say that you do have the opportunity to still budget for these these non-essential things that you want to have in your life. I mean, yes, you might not be able to go out to eat every single week, um, it, maybe not even every single month, but yes, yeah, setting those benchmarks, kind of rewarding rewarding yourself, you know, to a certain extent, not, not over rewarding yourself. Like I'm not encouraging people to go out and get a credit card to, <laughs> no. to reward themselves that way. But, but, you know, deprivation, um, especially when it comes to, uh, paying off finances or when it comes to minimalism, I mean, depri deprivation, it, it is something I think that you might have to go through temporarily, but it definitely is not going to be a long-term thing. It's not going to. It's not sustainable long-term. So yes, throwing in those little benchmarks, I think, are super, super important. Uh, my my pithy answer is, debt-free is the new American dream, mm. and like to me, like knowing that I don't have any debt. Like right now, I could, you know, Josh, Josh could fire me. <laughs> he could, he could leave me and there could be no more minimalists. And we take all of our books, you know, off the internet or whatever. I mean, let's say something like crazy like that happened. Right. I could turn my life around on a dime mm. because I don't have any debt. And that feeling is, it's, it's just an incredibly freeing feeling. Well, so then that's what you're talking about. When you talk about the American dream, you're talking about freedom, yes, right? Absolutely. And, and, and if you want freedom, part of that freedom, not all of it, but part of it is financial freedom. Yeah. It gives you the ability to move, to make changes, to pivot in your life, to prepare for emergencies. 
these are all things that are really important. Uh, my, my pithy answer is knowing what lies beyond the landscape propels us toward the horizon. It's the why that you're talking about. Right now, when you don't feel motivated, it's because you can't see past the horizon. But if you know what is past there, you're going to keep traveling in that direction. I've got one little tip for uh, the why. When I was um, starting to get into a workout routine, I did a really good job of, you know, getting up at seven when that alarm clock went off and then I'd hit snooze and then it'd be 7.30 and then I hit snooze again and then it's eight o'clock and then, mm-hmm. you know, by the time, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock rolled around, I'm just getting my first cup of coffee and, oh, I've got work to do so now I can't go work out. Uh, I, I was really good at, at putting it off. But one thing that I did do that helped me is I wrote down on my uh, notepad in my iPhone just all of these reasons why I wanted to work out. So, it's, you know, I want to be healthier. I want to live a long life. I want to be able, uh, you know, to date more. I want to go on more dates and date more girls. I mean, whatever those reasons are, I would, uh, before I hit the snooze button the first time, I would get my iPhone out and I would pull up that that uh, notes and I would read the reasons why. And now this isn't a magic bullet answer. It's not going to like, you know, propel you into, you know, making your, uh, all of your goals come to fruition a hundred percent. But it, it is little things like that, that can kind of give you the leverage you need to take the action. Yes, indeed. Okay. Now it's time for our added value portion of the show. This is where we talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. Ryan, what's adding value to your life? Man, we, uh, we just recently did that Patreon podcast that that special podcast about gentrification what what, what was the name of that the uh the life tidying magic of gentrification <laughs> <laughs> and through uh my research and looking up things with gentrification i came across this podcast called science versus and specifically uh the uh podcast uh science versus gentrification is what we kind of discussed on that episode but man that entire podcast is awesome because it kind of it takes these very uh I guess sometimes can be partisan uh, topics Mm -hmm. like gentrification, right? Like gentrification or like gender or um, just, just these topics that we kind of argue about, but it takes a scientific approach with it. Uh And, and it really does do the research. It's very, it's diverse. It's not like it's just, you know, people giving their opinions, it's research. And I would just recommend anyone who likes to kind of dive into stuff analytically uh, check out Science Versus. It's great. Let's put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, for me, uh, there is a new album from a band or a, really a collaboration called Better Oblivion Community Center. Have you heard of this? I haven't. So you know my favorite album from last year was Phoebe Bridgers. Okay, yeah. Uh, she and Connor Oberst, the lead singer of Bright Eyes, they formed this band or collaboration together called Better Oblivion Community Center. And the title of the album is the same name, Better Oblivion Community Center. I think at the end of this episode, we'll play you out with uh, the lead song on there. It's called Didn't Know What I Was In For. And so you'll be able to check that out. You can uh, listen to the album as well wherever you get music these days. All right, let's move on to right here, right now now so we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalist before we do that i just want to say thank you to rachel cruz check out her new podcast it's called the rachel cruz show we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well let's talk about three things that are going on in our lives uh recently we put up a video for screenless saturdays ryan dude jordan great work man that was awesome <laughs> we we all went out uh it was podcast sean he had this audio recorder that looked like my grandmother owned it it was like a tape it was a cassette tape, right? Yeah. 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 So it was a cassette tape. So we went out on a Saturday using only analog equipment. <laughs> it was crazy. Jordan had actual <laughs> film. I think it was what nine minutes of film if you shot at 18 frames per second. And so we shot this thing at 18 frames per second. Uh, we went to this p- 
park outdoors and we're like skipping rocks and like jumping around together and palling around on a Saturday. <laughs> it happens to be the same park that they filmed the intro to the, to the Andy Griffith show. Yes. They filmed yeah. it there. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's woodsy. It has a very like nat- uh, feel of nature going right. on. Yeah. And plus we wore flannel. So that equals nature. Right. Exactly. Flannel equals nature. <laughs> so you can check that out on uh, YouTube. It's just called Screenless Saturdays. It was a, it was a fun little experiment. We, 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 in that video, we talk about the three different ways that you can experience Screenless Saturday because it's not a draconian set of rules. There are three different ways that you can you can do Screenless Saturdays if you want to participate. Also, I'm uh, teaching a writing class. It's called How to Write Better. If you want to learn how to improve your writing, whether you're thinking about writing your first book, you want to write some blog posts, or you just want to improve your emails, I've had literally medical doctors take this class and high school students take this class. I've had foreign language students take the class. And I believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. If you want to learn how to write better, it's a four-week course over at howtowritebetter.org. You can sign up over there. And then have you checked out our side project? It's called Minimalism Life, and you can find it at minimalism.life. Uh, you can also follow it on social media. I think the best place to follow Minimalism Life on social media is either Twitter, which is just at minimalism, or uh, at minimalism life on Instagram. If you want a beautifully curated Instagram feed, Minimalism Life is the place to go. But check out the website. We have a bunch of different contributors, people writing about minimalism. If you want to write as well, there's a place to submit potential writings uh, for the future. You can check that out, minimalism.life. All right, y'all, you can comment on this episode over at youtube.com slash the minimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, you can sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You just go to the website and there's a little box up there. You enter your email address. You'll also receive our simple Sundays emails each week, but you'll never receive any spam. No, we would never do that to you. All right. One more thing. This week we have five more voicemail questions about being responsible with money, teaching children how to budget about staying with a job you hate so you can pay off your debt, about how to save for emergencies, and about paying for healthcare coverage. If you want to hear our answers to these questions, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly minimal episode, but each week Ryan and I record an entirely different long form maximal episode on the minimalist private podcast, which gives us the private space we need to talk about our flawed habits, our family lives, our struggles, our personal relationships, our emotions, and our insecurities. Plus, Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100% advertisement free. When you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon, you'll receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You'll also get access to our entire back catalog of more than 100 private podcast episodes. Find all the details and all the good stuff, including an additional podcast episode every week over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else? As always, I just want to encourage people to read more and get informed. And now, here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hi, I have two tips. So, on a Patreon podcast, Ryan mentioned that he wasn't even aware of how many advertisements he was seeing on a certain service. And I live in New York, so there are advertisements everywhere, on the subway, at the bus stop. And so, I just started saying to myself in my head advertisement. Every time that I see an advertisement, that way I'm a little bit more aware of what I'm seeing. 
My other tip is I would highly recommend the book The Power of Habit. It is fascinating for many reasons. One of those is related to advertisements. They talk about specific companies and the kind of mental manipulations and data that they study to try to get us to buy things that we do not need. And for me, uh, just kind of knowing that when I enter a store helps me reason through maybe things that I have the urge to buy that aren't on my list. This is Rochelle from Saginaw, Michigan. I just finished the subtract episode and I have a suggestion for Kelly and anyone who's trying to listen more. I have adopted a practice of adjusting my posture when I realize that I'm in a situation where I need to listen. For example, if I'm seated, I stack my hands in my lap with my palms up and this reminds myself that I'm here to receive what the other person has to say. I hope this is This tip helps Kelly and anyone else trying to listen more. Thanks. All right, y'all. That's it for now. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sundays emails each week. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. My telephone, it doesn't have a camera If it did, I'd take a picture of myself If it did, I'd take a picture of the water And the man on the off-ramp Holding up the sign that's asking Proud now for all the good I've done